Welcome to The Bagel Boys Show. This is a movie podcast that's not meant to be taken seriously, seriously. We go through different miniseries covering five-year-old films, franchises, and finally, actors. And this is our five-year-old film series on the movies of 2016. does have an eye patch and there's this hilarious scene where he looks up at the ceiling and you see his eye underneath the eye patch he's got an eye he's looking around is it like a movie goof or it's a movie was goof. it intended to no be it's, in a movie. it's a total movie just goof. imagine this one guy with an eye patch who just wears it just because <laughs> hey <laughs> there's no backstory behind it <laughs> adds credibility um that leads me to my question for you mm. what you been watching oh boy this again <laughs> What you been watching, Wes? I, Daniel, it's been like two days since we last what recorded. What have you been watching in the past couple days? Uh, I watched The Making of Tenet. Nice. Tell me about that. It was very cool. How they, did they make it? They crashed a plane and filmed it, and that's the whole movie. That's all they did? No. They did a lot of interesting stuff. Didn't uh, they hire Bane to crash that plane? Shout out to DVD extras and making of movies for, you know... Worsening my addiction to physical media. Was it pretty good? Would you recommend yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very good. I highly recommend it. Um, what was the other thing I watched? Other watched. than like the movie we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Other feel than like that, that doesn't I, count. That does like, not count in the segment. No, it doesn't. Yeah, That's the yeah, whole point yeah. of the segment. What you been watching? Anything else? Um, oh, you watched Survivor. Gemini Man. You watched Gemini, oh, Gem- Gemini Gem- Man. Gemini, 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 Gemini Cricket. You Gem- watched Gemini Man. Gemini Man, yeah, with Will Smith and Will Smith and Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And spoiler alert, Will Smith again. <laughs> <laughs> they got you with the, the triple threat, Will yeah, Smith. Yeah, let's just spoil movie. Gemini Man. There's three Will Smiths in this movie. It's fine. I disagree. I it's, like it a lot. Okay, it's fine. We're not we're not doing this whole thing. I where like we talk this movie a lot. In, intensely about one movie and then have to hard segue into the actual. Episode. Gemini Man is Will Smith going back to what he's good at. He hasn't been good in a long time. Uh, uh, good, good at what? <laughs> what is he good at in Gemini Man? He's not bad. I'm just saying. Wh- he's beating what people is this? up. Uh, okay, so action movie. He's star? charismatic. He's awesome. He looks like he actually cares about this movie. Hmm. I guess you're right in that sense oh, I am. when when you, you compare can it to it other like recent Will Smith movies, but it's 
I think I said this to you already after I watched it, but I'll say it again now. Say it. Gemini Man is like one of the most interesting action movies of the last several years in in the sense that it's not like other action movies. But at the same exact time, it's exactly like every other action movie where you cut to like the bad guys in like some office and they're like, We need to we need to send in more troops and they're like stomping around their office room. It's like, we need to analyze and send in send in the assets. It's like, okay, geez, like we've seen all this a million times. But it's a hearty bowl of chicken noodle soup. It's comforting. <sighs> It's cozy it's to watch such a familiar action movie. <laughs> chicken soup for the movie lover's soul. <laughs> chicken soup for the Will Smith clone soul. Uh, what have I been watching? Great question, I, Wes. Okay, geez, I, I, have been... I couldn't even process your take on this movie. Okay, fine. What have you been watching? Cue saxophone playing. <laughs> I've been going through a John Carpenter rewatch. Not rewatch. Watch through. Mm-hmm. Been watching all his movies. He's great. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. The thing is amazing, mm-hmm. and I love Halloween. I'm like, why am I not checking out the other movies? Yeah. I watched Big Trouble in Little China for the first time. I've never seen it before. Haven't seen it. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Is there big trouble? Um, there in is a small area. There's of China. an adequate <laughs> amount of trouble. In an inadequate amount of space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a man blows up like a balloon. It's pretty fun. Explodes. Okay. Well, don't tell the people. Well, it's a famous GIF, so you know the GIF if you I, saw I, it. I know yeah, the GIF. It's not a spoiler. Yeah. That, that's the only one? Just Big Trouble? Oh, Big Trouble. I watched Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. I watched um, Christine. That movie's a little spooky. Uh, I watched The, the Fog. One. Yeah. Yeah. Is that all you have to say? <laughs> I watched The Dead Zone, <laughs> directed by David Cronenberg. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Don't say sorry to me. This is your segment. Oh, Take oh, it away. I, I, uh, we both watched Moana. <laughs> we did both watch Moana. This is, of course, the Bagel Boys show. Hello. My name is Wes. I am not Wesley. This is a movie podcast that's not meant to be taken seriously. Seriously. We go through different miniseries covering five-year-old films, franchises, and finally actors. And this is our five-year-old film series on the films of 2016. And today we're talking about Moana. Watanui? Watanui? Is that how you say it? No. Moana of... Watanui. Watanui. You got to put that, the emphasis on the... the... Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> this, <laughs> I uh, didn't do my homework. Disney had a, a bunch of movies come out in 2016, and we won't bore everybody here by talking about all of them. But I do want to say that this year in particular, 2016, was a pretty stacked year in comparison when it comes to uh, the Best Animated Picture Oscar. It got nominated for Best Animated Picture. It did not win. The win went to Zootopia. But it was a tough, tough year because you had Zootopia, you had Moana, you had Kubo and the Two Strings, and then another movie called The Red Turtle, which I haven't seen, but I heard really good things. So like, you got really like four contenders there. Or four really solid films, as opposed to the following year in 2017 when you had Coco mm-hmm. up against the Boss Baby, <laughs> which I just want to say I cried in one of those movies. Guess which one? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Alec Baldwin as a baby has no, been known to shed a few tears. I cried asking God why it's not over yet. 
I want to say now, just to put it on record so people have receipts, if the show exists next year, uh, we will be covering the Boss Baby for our 2017. Uh, no! Oh, No, Coco! Can we do Coco too? I, I can't really... I don't know, but I can confirm. I can confirm, Boss Baby. I'm leaving the show if we don't do Coco. <laughs> I'll do Boss Baby as long as we can do Coco as well. We'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> no, we're making the decision now. Nope. <laughs> we made the decision for Boss Baby. Darn you, Zootopia! I can't believe it snagged the award away from Moana. Yeah, I I like Zootopia as well. I do too, but I think Moana is better. That's a take for. <laughs> You know that could be drawn out later on the episode. Oh well, you just love showing your hand. I love showing like... my hand. Hey, hey, listeners! I enjoy the movie Moana. Okay, quite a bit. You know why not? Why not just be upfront with the audience? Because we've got like other things that we could just ease into it. You just go full on cannonball right into your take. Hey, which I is said fine. I like it. I'm gonna expound on why I like it as the show progresses. Okay, fair enough. There's things I don't like about this movie. Let me list them for you. <laughs> Just all that bullet points. <laughs> we'll be in and out of here in under 20 minutes, you guys. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I remember seeing this movie in theaters. This was one of those years where, like, you might think it's weird that 20-something-year-old Wesley was going to the theater to see Moana. But I went, it was a date. I went with uh, my fiance at the time, Rachel, Aww. now my wife, Rachel. And... Rachel's not a huge, like, Disney princess fan or anything. Uh, I am not either, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you maybe, are. Maybe I am. You are. I don't know fine. what quantifies as, like, a big fan of Disney princesses. Uh, I could probably name them all. Could you name them all? I'm gonna all the Disney in. princesses? All of them, yeah. Yeah, of course. It. Who couldn't? Go ahead. <laughs> Do it, Daniel. Oh, you got Snow White, you got Aurora, you got Ariel, you got Jasmine, you got mm-hmm. Moana, you got Elsa, you got Anna, you got Rapunzel, you got... Uh, I don't think uh, Anna's a princess. Uh, Anna is a princess? Is she? Yeah. I guess they're both technically Yeah, they're both princesses. princesses. Yeah. Uh, you got the chick from Princess and the Frog. Only seen that movie once. Can't remember her name. Um, That's a Tiana. Bad. Tiana. <laughs> <laughs> I was sweating for a second. That's a bad look. Oh, I was trying to talk and buy some time. Oh, seen that movie once, okay? <laughs> Get off my back. Um, uh, well, who else? Who else? Help me out here. I honestly wasn't paying attention. It's or not Pocahontas. Track. It's not Mulan. Um, yeah, oh. what's the deal with that? Mulan saved China. She did. Remember, yeah. always remember. Nala? No, Nala's not a princess. Well, I guess she kind of is. She marries the. You're talking about Nala from The Lion King. King. Yes, yeah. of course. Princess Lion. Yeah, she queen, queen of the jungle. Queen. Is it a jungle? She's voiced by Beyonce, who's the queen bee. No, she oh. wasn't. That movie does not exist. Oh, it exists, <laughs> Wesley. <laughs> Don't you worry. Shaking it exists and made no, over $6 trillion <laughs> the first night. <laughs> so don't even try to pretend this movie did exist. And it is in burned little, in my brain. In this little bubble of a show we have here, can we just not... <laughs> I feel like we both, we're both here. Help me help you, Daniel. We're both in a better place if the Lion King remake does not exist. <laughs> Live action Aladdin. Okay, continue. <laughs> My point is, yes, <laughs> Disney princess movies are not something I frequent regularly at the theater, but as I've mentioned 17 trillion times on the show, I used to work at Family Video, mm-hmm. and this was like prime time Family Video year 
for Wesley. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of movies in 2016. A lot of movies. It it started to spike. Like the stock market goes up and down. The the movie stock for no, Wesley was way, way, way up. Elaborate in the stocks, please. Uh, why? <laughs> I was just saying it as like just an analogy. This show is a train wreck already. Because <laughs> I don't understand how stocks I saw work. Moana I was in theaters. That's the point I'm trying to make, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this movie in theaters, too. Yeah. Who did I see it with? I don't remember. I saw in theaters, though. Hopefully it wasn't Shay. She'll be upset. Um, It wasn't with my nieces and nephews. I, it might have been with Shay. Was I by myself <laughs> watching <laughs> Moana? By yourself watching Moana? <laughs> I don't know. Would that add a layer of credibility to us as like movie podcasters? Maybe. Or would people cringe if that were the case? I don't think that was the case with you. I don't. I think you're just forgetting who you went I with. I think but, I forgot. But what are your thoughts about going to the movies by yourself? Is that a good move? Um, yeah, I, I, I like it. I enjoy it quite a bit more than I'd say most people do in, in some aspects. There's definitely certain movies like I'd say Marvel movies or Star Wars movies, the bigger tentpole movies. I enjoy a crowd or people that I'm, you know, friendly with or related to, to go see those types of movies just cause it makes the experience better. But if I'm going to see, what did I see? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I saw Blade Runner 2049 by myself, which was fantastic. Wow. I saw The Way Back uh, almost a year ago with a Ben Affleck movie that That's we right. talked about recently. You uh, saw Hollywood one time in Hollywood by yourself, saw, didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, when I was yeah. away on that work trip. I think we've mentioned that before. I saw yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, John Wick 3, and Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Can I tell you the but, one yeah. and only time I've ever seen a movie by myself in theaters? Sure. I was a kid, and... <laughs> Uh, yeah. You were a kid? I was a kid. It was the underdog movie. Remember the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that movie? Yeah, I do. My mom and my sisters wanted to see a movie I thought was girly, so little Daniel was like, hey, mom, can I go see the underdog? She bought me a ticket, and I watched it myself, and I laughed, and I ate my big thing of popcorn, and I had a great time at the movies. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot they made an underdog movie. That was five years ago. (laughs) That was not... <laughs> I can see it. Uh, <laughs> so, but to answer your question, yes, I think it's it's definitely if you haven't tried it, go. Like definitely take the take the plunge, the deep dive because it's worth trying at least once. At worst, you will have a uninterrupted movie experience. At I best, like you could find like your new favorite hobby. So like it's. It's an easy choice for me and continues to be. Nice. So going to see Moana was also an easy choice because I heard good things. I like that segue. Mm-hmm. Gets back on track here. And so I remember going into it and thinking that I remember going into it and being more excited than I normally am because of the directors, John Musker and Ron Clements. What did they do before this? Okay, so... Musker and Clements are like the two big directors from Disney. It's like the best they have to offer, you know. The big guns. When <laughs> you're playing a game of basketball and you, you got to shoot that last second shot, you got to go to your star player, that's Disney's star writers and director pairing, okay? And so they helped they were early, like, first animators for Disney, and they helped uh, write the movie The Black Cauldron, which actually mm-hmm. is the movie that's known to all, almost have killed Disney. Obviously, mm-hmm. it didn't. 
but it was one of the big like losses for Disney. And then they were, you know, were successful in like their craft and everything and went on after Disney kind of bounced back to the Great Mouse Detective. That was their first parent, okay? Mm-hmm. Which is didn't make a whole lot of money, but it was a success, especially in the loom of like the Disney Dark Ages. They went on to direct a film called The Little Mermaid. Heard of it. They had two pitches to Disney after Great Mouse Detective. One was The Little Mermaid, and the other one was described as a space adventure with Treasure Island. Okay? It's Treasure Planet. That was their two pitches. Disney wanted Little Mermaid, of course, which was wildly successful, as we all know. They came back, and after that, they still wanted to direct their Treasure Planet movie, but instead, they went with Aladdin. Another huge hit. Okay? So at this point, they're coming off of two back-to-back monstrous successes for Disney and the Disney brand. After that, what did they go for? Not Treasure Planet. They went with Hercules, because that's what Disney wanted. Ayo! Hercules. Great 90s movie. Maybe not on par as far as, like, classics as Little Mermaid or Aladdin. Right. But I still love Hercules. I think yeah. it's, it's a good time. Especially for nostalgia for the 90s kids. It's great. After that, they finally get their due, and they get the story they've been wanting to tell for years and years and years, Treasure Planet. And it bombs hard. And there's a lot of reasons why, and the backstory going into that, and how Disney kind of shafted their two main guys and didn't give them their due because they didn't believe in the movie. Gotta believe. I think that's just a shame. But that's another story for another time. Because you like that movie, don't you? You're a big Treasure Planet boy. I will not confirm or deny that I love that movie, but man, what a letdown. (laughs) After Treasure Planet, time passes, a couple years go by, and they direct The Princess and the Frog. Another kind of bigger hit. Yeah, Princess Tiana. Yeah, I remember that one. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) And then after that, they direct Moana. And so every time these guys kind of step up to the plate, for a while there, it was just not only home runs, but like grand slam after grand slam for Disney and really bringing them back into the limelight and into culture, into film history, basically. Because, like, if you direct The Little Mermaid, let alone, like, Great and Mass Detective, not to, you know, put shade on that movie, but, you know... You got <laughs> yeah, we little, don't want to hurt like, the little, mouse's yeah, feelings. Sorry, but you direct... <laughs> Little Mermaid. Like, if that was your thing, like, your crowning jewel of your directorial career, it's like, that's that's amazing. You you did a phenomenal job. But then to follow that up with Aladdin and Hercules, it's like, okay, so you built, it's like the house that built Disney was built on, in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. was uh, Musker and Clement. So, two legendary directors. I knew that going into Moana, and so I was very, very excited to see what they were going to do. Because, like I said, a big fan of Treasure Planet. I like aspects of Princess and the Frog, but at that point, it wasn't something I always rewatched just because of age and everything like that. Um, and then, obviously, Aladdin's a hu- another huge favorite. Uh, so, Moana. Moana. I think you sent me... You texted me about Musker and Clement, mm-hmm. but it was after you sent the... A gif of those two old Muppet dudes. And I thought that was their names. That was a totally was like, unrelated text. <laughs> I know, but it was so funny. Because you're like, be prepared for me to talk 30 minutes on Muscarin Clements. And then before yeah. that was the gif of these two old, you know. I didn't know yeah. their names. And I was like, yeah. why are we bringing them up? Interesting. 
Yeah. I learned something new today, folks. There you go. <laughs> I hope you did, too. I feel like that's a good thing. We've talked about it before on the show, like, just keying into, like, projects that directors are working on of films that you like and keeping an eye out for that. Because more often than not, you're going to see some trends that you like in movies. So if you're looking for something to watch and you kind of want it to be, it's not always a guarantee, but more often than not, if your favorite movie is directed by someone, just look into their filmography and you'll probably find something else that you quite enjoy. And so, yeah. Yeah, I used to go off actors like, Oh, Hugh Jackman. I love Hugh Jackman. So I was like, I got to watch all the movies in. But really, a director kind of makes it or breaks it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, especially with... Prisoners is so great because it's uh, Denis Villeneuve. Way. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Australia, not so much because Baz Luhrmann, and he's trash. Yeah. Garbage who kills for money. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, kind of makes it or breaks it, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Especially when the studio, like, trusts you and puts it, you know, in your care to, like, form the story. Because they were not only just, like, directors as far as, like shaping how the story was told but they you know they had a background in animation and writing so it, mm-hmm. they had the whole kind of thing going for them at the time of their their you know hot streak there and so moana is a nice addition to that lineup daniel i think this week's going to be a little different because oh you looked up these uh the tomatoes normally oh, the tomatoes? we do rotten tomato guessing we guess the tomato meter uh, we don't put stock in these tomatoes because they're the inferior food item to rate your movies on. This, of course, is the Bagel Boys show. We rate our movies on bagels. And normally I have Daniel guess the critics and the audience score. But this week, uh, Daniel took a little peek, a little quick peek at the scores. I was doing some research, and these numbers snuck up on me. And there like, they were. I didn't want to see them. So I have not seen them. I did not do my normal research like normal. So. I was typing Wikipedia Moana, and it auto-corrected a Rotten Tomato score for Moana. Did it? No. I was, I was just like, joking. Like, oh. that's, how, that's how I accidentally saw it. Oh. Never mind. That joke. I, I was like, wait, what's wrong with your yeah, phone? <laughs> Hey, Wes, mm-hmm. with a title character as three-dimensional as its lush animation in a story that adds fresh depth to Disney's time-tested formula, <laughs> Moana is a true family-friendly adventure for the ages. Nice. Nicely done. <laughs> what do you got? I know people adored this movie. And so... I know both scores are fresh based off of that. I want to say critics was higher because normally critics don't one usually take a take a stab at Disney movies. They don't usually do that, especially Disney princess movies. So I want to say critics is like 95. You got it. Yeah? Out of boy. Hot dog. Hot dog. Audience 91? No. Ooh, it's 89. Ah, so close. Sorry. Wanted to go two for two there. Well, nobody's perfect. No. (laughs) Not even Moana. She was so close to 100%. (laughs) Who who are the 5% of people who didn't like this movie? Yeah, let's find them and tar and feather them. It's a great movie. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. Too far? You can't just say that and then act like (laughs) breeze right by. Not far enough. I'm doubling down. (laughs) Please don't. (laughs) It's a great movie. I love this movie. Okay. What a barrel of fun it is. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, of this new age of Disney princesses with the Tangled and the Frozen and Frozen 2 nonsense and Moana. Mm -hmm. Moana is the best. That's my take. Hmm. It's the out best of all one. Of them. Out of all of them. 
All right. Uh, I, better uh, than Tangled. Tangled's a close second for me. Interesting. So you'd go Moana, Tangled, Frozen, Frozen 2. Frozen 2 is at the bottom of the depths of the earth. That's. I feel like you're just trying to goad huh? me into an argument about Frozen 2. No, I'm not, because you can't tell me you're that attached to Frozen I'm not, 2 that you're going to defend it. I'm not, but it's not that bad. It's you're pretty making, bad. It's not that bad. Pretty bad. Moana's <laughs> great, though. Moana is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Thinking back on everything now, like walking out of the theater... There were a lot of movies that we saw in like November of 2016, and eventually I'll I'll figure out what the exact lineup was. But there were a ton. I feel like there was Doctor Strange, there was Patriots Day, there was Hacksaw Ridge, Arrival. There was a lot of heavy awards movies coming out in that time period too. And Moana was like this huge like bright spot. And like you kind of mentioned in the critic consensus there, Daniel, the animation in this movie is absolutely stunning. Yeah, thank you. I wrote that. You thank you. Um, the animation is beautiful. There's some shots that look pretty much real. Yeah, it's kind of scary that they got this good at animating water, and so that that's one of those things that sticks out to me because normally when you're looking back at say like action movies from five years ago, and we've had plenty of them on the show where it's like, oh, this is kind of aged, kind of. Eh. Mm-hmm. And I know with animation, you, you have a little bit more freedom. But when you're this good at getting, like, the texture of, like, sand and wood and just carvings into things, it's it's so mind-boggling that people are able to take that from, you know, the basic form of, like, a doodle into what the final product is with with the movie. And so credit where credit is due, that's something I always really appreciate to see. Because in movies like... Um, like The Good Dinosaur, for example. I love dunking on that movie, but one of the things about that movie that actually is, in fact, really solid is the animation for the landscapes. And so you get all these beautiful landscapes of, like, the grass and the mountains and the trees and how wind kind of blows through. If you ever decide to watch that movie, if you pay attention to how the wind (laughs) works, it's great. But the tones of the characters on those landscapes don't match up well in this movie Moana I feel like it's it's seamless because you get like the realism and like how they're like the hair and the tattoos on the characters but you don't get this like oh it's too cartoon it is a cartoon but you know what I mean like it doesn't it's not jarring looking at these well-crafted landscapes and backgrounds and whatnot and elements in the movie that are animated does that make sense Daniel do you agree with that yeah yeah looks great Mm -hmm. yeah Let's uh let's do some same flick now we nitpick. So this is things where we kind of talk the negatives of the movie that we didn't catch the first time around, stuff that we've noticed these years later that might still bother us. Uh, as far as like the pacing goes, I guess you could say it's a little messy in the middle. Really? Of the movie, a little bit. Ooh, like if you want to just go that. from like a crafting standpoint of a story, there is a lot of like go here to do this thing. You got to go there to do that thing, kind of. Not really, because there's only two. There's only she has to meet with Maui, mm-hmm. and then she has to go uh, get the, the hook from the crab, and then they're kind of off to the races. Then they have to go to Tafiti. Yeah. I don't know. I don't feel like there's that many. It's a know. short movie. It moves it's short and breezy, along, yeah. and that's why I like yeah. it. I'm mm-hmm. not bored. Mm-hmm. Do I you know. have any negatives for the movie? Yeah, I got some negatives. Oh. <laughs> so the... <laughs> Yeah, because I'm looking at them right now, and they're. <laughs> I'm looking at them on the movie cover, and they're kind of bugging me. 
Uh, huh. Okay, so every Disney movie has the cute little animal sidekicks. I'm mm-hmm. fine with that. <clears throat> you got two? Why? You, you don't need the little the... pig. You don't need the little chicken. And they're flirting with the third one with the lotion wave that does little cutesy things and knocks them off the boat. Mm-mm. Nope. Really? That's a big That's pick I have. That's such a weird, bizarre thing for I you know. not to like. You know what's funny, though? Shay agrees with me because we went back and forth on it. It's like, this is annoying. Just pick one. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Because, I don't know. The pig it's doesn't come along for the ride, though, for the adventure. Yeah, I know. But he's there. You've got Hey Hey the Chicken. and then He's there to sell plush toys. And I get it. Disney's known for that. Yeah, no, but that's it's fine. Just, yeah. ah, just pick one. If you're going to have to have a sidekick in every movie, pick one. I think it would have bothered me if it was like... Because you got the, the bits and stuff with the chicken, which I think are hilarious. Right? Mm-hmm. But... If you had taken the pig as well along, that would have maybe bothered me, but they don't. Like, it's just the chicken, you've got Maui and Moana, and then you've got the the grandma is the, the ocean spirit, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, no, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think it, like, personally, it didn't bother me. That's just, I don't I'm know like, why it bothered me so much. I'm still, like, so taking much. back in my seat, like, that's what, that's what you didn't like about the cute, lovable side characters i guess i'm already a little bit annoyed with the there's always a cute lovable animal sidekick what other movies does that annoy you in? uh well they got one in uh frozen with finn which i like finn that's fine they got ones one in tangled like. <laughs> huh? yeah, ones you don't like i like frozen one fine no no no. i mean oh the, the side animal characters that oh you don't like. yeah, yeah, yeah which ones i don't it's yeah. not really like there's one in particular i dislike i'm just saying it's every single movie you've got one that's the disney shtick though i know that's like saying a princess who sings <laughs> are you kidding me i know oh man but when you put two cutesy little animals it just feels lazy i don't know I guess, yeah, I don't, yeah, I guess, because uh, Maui also has, like, the cute uh, tattoo side character, which That's I, the fourth. Which I, I do I, like that. I do like that a lot. That one, speaking like again that. to the animation, they actually did, I forget what the technique was called, but they actually did, like, two, like, they did a hand-drawn animation for that portion of the movie, and then just kind of put it on, like, pasted it on to the Maui, like, 3D model. And so everything you see there, like, I don't know how they did it, but it makes it look like it's actually sketched into his skin uh, without mm-hmm. it being, like, just, you know, like, kind of, pa- like, post-it noted onto his, his chest and his back. You know what I mean? I think that that's another element that's, like, how'd they pull that off? Like, it just kind of boggles, it blows my mind every time they add this new kind of trick up their sleeve. And that's that's it. There's always something with Disney movies where it's, like, how'd they, wonder how they did that. And it's the, the Maui tattoo. In this movie where I'm like, huh, look at that. Look at him go. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I mean, as far as other negatives, I mean, you could kind of say, like, the the ending is rushed. I heard some people say that because there, really? there's, like, a lot of stuff. I just feel like this is such a classic adventure movie. There's a little bit of unpredictability with the way it tells its story, and I guess you could say, like, Oh, in the third act, everything kind of comes together with the grandma character, right. and then Maui randomly comes back to save the day. And I don't think you could say anybody's wrong for thinking that and feeling that way. But, uh, you know, that's kind of like if you do all the things right in, you know, a successful yep. way, in a heartfelt way, I don't think it diminishes the story at all. So, exactly. It's kind of weird. Do you think that Tafiti looks like a little bit like Rihanna? 
No. I don't know why. Did you? Uh, no, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah, I did. Should okay. I Rihanna be? I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like that twist at the end. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think, think that is cool. a great I don't thing. Think it's yeah, the, the island monster is. No, it's just funny you say these things. The good I feel island. like the pacing was like one of the things that I liked the most about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a very quick, like you said, breezy movie. And again, I don't know if it's just because of the other movies we've had to watch. It's that ever. Uh, evolving mystery with this show where we watch something that's an hour and 30 minutes long or an hour and 40 minutes long and we're like, wow, this is a great time. And then yep. we get something that's two hours and 20 minutes and we're like, oh, man. It's not always the case, but I, it definitely helps Moana uh, staying that same similar runtime as other Disney classics. You know what it's time for, Daniel? Hey, what's the time for? It's time for our lukewarm observation. So this is not a hot take not a cold slice something kind of in between where we say something obvious about the movie and then we move right along without acknowledging it okay um maui is probably tattooed everywhere i mean everywhere hey don't laugh this is serious i wasn't laughing Everywhere, Wes. I was breathing out my nose, jarringly. <laughs> Everywhere. So I had this whole bit. <laughs> did, I ru- did I ruin your bit? No, uh, we just kind of brought it up already. I was going to do this whole thing where I was like, uh, Moana as a movie kicks Frozen's ass. And then I was going to be like, oh, wait, wait, wait. That was from my hot take file. I'm so sorry. I was going to say, oh, Disney is really good at animating water and animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that would have been it. You know, everybody, speaking to that, sorry, did you do your take already? That, that was Okay. It, yeah. Speaking to that, everybody says Toy Story 4, that whole rain scene. Yeah. That was the best. That's the water me. I'm looked. everyone. Yep. That's me. I'm everyone. This looks just as good as my opinion. Yeah, probably. I think. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like, man, this movie came out, you know, five years ago. I think it as far up. as like realism, you could say that that Toy Story four scene is better. Maybe. But as far as like thematically, especially at the end where she's like walking through the water like right. Moses in a way, in yeah. the, the parting the part, red sea. Yeah, that it looks very very good. Um, yeah. I want to say like let's as we get into blast from the cast here, which is like the sum of all the the cast members supporting or distracting, kind of giving them a thumbs up or a thumbs down. That the voice actress they got. Mm-hmm. Ali'i Cravalho, she, like, embodies, like, that Disney princess, like, energy to a T. And I don't know if that's something that's been missing necessarily for a while, but I didn't, and when I say, like, I mentioned my hot take of the, this kicks Frozen's ass, mm-hmm. because it does. It does. I never really felt that way. With Kristen Bell or Idina Menzel in Frozen. Not that they're bad in those voice, those vocal performance. I don't think Frozen's a bad movie. You don't think Idina Menzel can sing? I'm, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying they, there's no, like, like in the other character moments, like when they're not singing. That's a good way to put it. When they're not singing... I feel like that's when it's like that's when Fro- Frozen is at like you feel like they're phoning it in because they're a little big, bit they're big famous actresses and yeah. this is a fifteen year old exactly oh, and I like gotcha. I feel like in every moment she's just like giving it her all with like attitude 
and energy and just she's got this spunk this spunk. one spunk yeah she's got spunk. disney princess spunk yeah <laughs> that was the that was the working draft for the movie disney princess spunk <laughs> spunk <laughs> the new disney princess movie she's great yeah, yeah. and uh that song her solo is killer mhm move over let it how go how far i'll go how far yeah. i'll go yeah mhm it Do is, you mean sing a piece of it? I don't think so. <laughs> I kind of, well, go for it. I can always cut it out. This is a musical podcast. This We're is, about a musical, yeah. So I may burst in a song at any given point. This is the, the other entry uh, of, mm-hmm. of an unknown number. It, that's not a bit. We actually don't know how many we're going to cover in this 2016 uh, secret musical film series. <laughs> this yeah. is our backdoor pilot for uh, Musical Bagel Show. Oh, jeez. The whole episode is just us singing. Yeah. It's a musical podcast. Singing some hot takes. We do some jazz hands. Let's talk Maui. Let's talk Maui. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Did people know he could sing before he did this? Or did he just surprise everybody? I didn't know he could sing. I didn't know he could sing either. Can he sing? Yeah, he can. He can. Because, yeah, he talks through like that bridge. It's kind of more like a rap. Mm-hmm. But he's singing that chorus. He's got a strong voice, and mm-hmm. it doesn't sound too auto tuned. I'm sure it is slightly, but mm. yeah, I can sing. I wouldn't want to see it live. Really? Maybe I would. You would, just because it's Dwayne the Rock Johnson like singing <laughs> somewhere live. But I don't like. It's that double edged sword where you've got like this very powerful vocal, like you know, she's got the Gravalio, has got the pipes. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson's got, like you said, this more sing-songy, like, talky-wordy song. I wish he would have had more of, like, a, a Hugh Jackman and Les Mis kind of ballad, if you will, at one point. And he doesn't. What do you have to say about Maui? I love this guy. I like that he starts out, you're going to think he's going to be the villain of the movie. Mm-hmm. I like that. Do a little switcheroo. Uh, I love that there's no romantic tension between the two characters. Mm-hmm. He's very, very big, big brother-esque in a way. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I don't know. I like that I, when they go into his backstory, you feel for the guy, and it's a nice addition to the story. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, we have to give this other character like a backstory. You better throw something in the last minute. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like it. The intro, I like how the movie starts with him as like the introductory to like the world and everything and seeing him steal away the heart of Tafiti. And -hmm. he looks very like deceptive and, and just kind of like a little crafty character, but he's giving it to the people. And like, we learn later on that he's this very like, uh, ego filled character or was at one point. And he just loves to please the people and to be the, the credited hero for whatever it is that he does. And so I think getting, Dwayne Johnson to play that role is very interesting just with his wrestling background and at this point he was already established as like a very credible movie star and so to have him in a Disney movie especially about like the Polynesian uh, like culture and everything Mm -hmm. I do like that aspect because we've seen that in other movies too like uh, more recently uh, Hobbs and Shaw Fast and Furious (laughs) presents Hobbs and Shaw Hobbs and Shaw and so you get that they always are talking about family and the like the Maori culture and everything like that. And so I like having that like element tied in with the movie, 
because it feels so much more important to not only the cast but also like the songwriters and everything because this movie was written like the songs were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda Mm -hmm. from Hamilton fame and I apologize because I know I'm going to butcher the name but they all they called him Opie uh I believe the way you pronounce the name is Opite Foye Foye I think it's how you pronounce it. They all they reference him as Opie. They call him Opie. He goes by Opie and all of like the behind the scenes stuff. Those behind the scenes, I've kind of talked about that a few times on the show of just like deep diving into whatever movie we've covered. But watching those two like talk about their process for writing the songs is some of the most like joyful thing I've seen in a long time because these two guys care so much about this project they're working on. It's so inspirational in a way to see these people who are working on such a big thing, but they're just giving it their all. Like, they could have easily phoned it in for writing, you know, Disney songs, and they'd probably be successful with it, but you get the talent and the passion working simultaneously at at a similar level, and you Mm -hmm. get such great songs throughout the whole thing. It's hard that they had it, it's I get why like there was one that was played on the radio how far I'll go all the time but there are a lot of others that thematically kind of weave in and weave out really really well with the story and what what they're trying to tell here yeah yeah I I like that a lot because not a lot Disney movies that's another thing like you don't always get that where you you do have a lot of phoned in songs you do have classic songs a lot of the Disney songs or musicals in a sense are, are you know, pretty rich as far as the the storytelling through songs go. This one, I feel like thematically, uh, they sh- the handshake is there. You know what I mean? It's it's right there on the same page every step of the way throughout the story. So I quite enjoy that. And seeing people talk about things they truly care about in such a genuine way always just puts a smile on my face. So if you haven't seen that or you're a fan of the movie. I would definitely recommend looking into those. I think you can actually find some of the extras for this movie on Disney+. Plus. So even if you're not like a weirdo like me that still hogs all the physical discs of every movie I ever watch, you can find those on YouTube or on Disney+, Plus pretty easily. I recommend that for sure. All right. I know what I'm doing tonight. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know what we've got to talk about? I hope I know what you're talking about. I hope what you're... Th- Wanting to talk about is what I want to talk about. Is what I well, say. I want to talk about Moana's dad, the chief in the movie, voiced by Tamara Morrison, Boba Fett himself. Boba Fett himself. It's and so the dad in Aquaman. I yes, <laughs> yes, he's he's so good. Morrison has been such a big part of like my childhood. So like hearing his voice, not only from like Jango Fett, and then the like the re-releases of Star Wars as Boba Fett throughout the, all the Clone Wars cartoon. And now more recently in The Mandalorian, whenever, like, his voice pops up in something, even in this one where he's trying to, like, play down, like, the aggressiveness of it, mm-hmm. it's still like, oh, I know that guy. That's Captain Rex. That's Boba Fett right there. Oh, there he is. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not going anywhere. I didn't catch it. I knew it sounded familiar, but I didn't catch it till last night. Yeah. Where have I been? Not watching The Clone Wars, Daniel. <sighs> I need to. I'm yeah, sorry. you do. I also didn't realize that the, uh, the grandmother was Rachel House. Mm-hmm. A lot of New Zealand actors in this movie. And uh, Jermaine Clement is Tamatoa. Love Jermaine big, Clement. Sh- big shiny crab. He's from oh, I love this guy. What We Do in the Shadows, which is a Taika Waititi-directed film. And so, yeah, he Tamatoa is like the villain of the movie in a sense. He's 
in it very briefly, we know, like Daniel mentioned earlier on, that Maui has lost his magical fish hook, which allows him to shapeshift. Maui's a shapeshifter. Right. And so they're trying to find his hook. And so the idea of his hook being lost lasts a lot longer than the actual confrontation with Tamatoa, the big shiny crab. And so when you get to him, his voice, even though he's a New Zealand actor, it sounds so much different from everybody else, not only because of like the the pitch in which he, he talks and sings, but because the themes of the movie of like remembering where you come from and valuing stuff from within and, and all this other stuff, you've got, hey, this crab basically singing about, <laughs> I don't care about any of that stuff. I live down here in the dark. What matters is like your stuff. And if you're not protected, you're, you're like, who, who cares? Like, that's great, Moana. You're like this magical princess who has water, who's like being called to the water and has a big heart from home. Like none of that matters. I'm a big shiny crab and I like shiny things. I can't really um, talk too much about this because I feel like I'm going to lead into another segment. Okay, that's fine. So I'm going to just be quiet and nod along for now. Uh, one more blast from the cast. We've got to talk about him. He voices Hey Hey. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is on another level, Daniel. <laughs> Yes, Alan Tudyk has been in so many different things. Uh, 2016 was actually a big year for him. He played Duke Weaselton in Zootopia. Weaselton. <laughs> That's what he printed. <laughs> <laughs> and he plays Hey Hey in Moana. He also voices the best droid in Star Wars, K2SO. Best droid? He's, yes. Oh, we'll best argue about that at a different time. <laughs> K2SO. And so that was just in 2016. Right. And so this guy's also been in things like Wreck-It Ralph. He plays a pirate in Dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. How could anyone forget? <laughs> he plays uh, Watt in A Knight's Tale, which was like my introduction to him. And so he's a very good comedic actor, but he's also an insanely talented voice actor. Because if you're just listening, he's just a chicken. Like, I'm talking about this guy like he's, like, some emotional role in the movie. He's, hey, hey, the, the skinny chicken. Hey, hey the chicken. Who Maui keeps, show. like, trying to fatten up to eat him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and Andy Serkis should just get every award. Yeah. he uh, And Doug Jones. The three of those guys are, like, just the three just perfect motion capture slash voice artists. That they should all three get to get together and make a movie. Oh, how crazy that. would that be? There was a, a little like uh clip I saw of him recording these cacaws and pacaws as the chicken. Mm-hmm. And it's like a thirty second clip. I'll I'll post it along with this episode so people can see it. But mm-hmm. he's basically cawing into the microphone and then just kinda laughs at himself and he's like, I went to Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Did you uh do you know what he's doing most recently? Mm-mm. He's the voice of the Joker on the Harley Quinn show. Huh. He does a pretty good job. Wow. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah, but, uh, he's all over the place, that guy. Yeah. Love to see him. Love to see him. Can we get to... I'm sorry to do this, but can we get to the uh, Unsung Hero segment? Yes, we can. So I can talk about it, even so though I showed my hand again. The Unsung Hero yeah. is a special segment we have only for the musical movies that we cover on the podcast. 
So we did it already with La La Land, and we're doing it again with Moana. And so what the thing is, is a song in the movie that we don't feel got its due, didn't get enough credit. And so there's usually like a song or two that mm-hmm. we can't have either as, a, as options for this choice. And so this time, the one we cannot pick is How Far I'll Go, because it got played on the radio a bunch. It was basically this movie's Let It Go. It is a fantastic song, but we cannot choose it. We have to choose the underdog song. I wouldn't so. even pick it if it wasn't. You know why? Because Shiny is the best <laughs> song in this movie. And let me explain why. You knew it was. I had, I had it written. We, we were kind of going back and forth, Daniel and I. We were talking about like what we think would be picked, and we agreed not to guess, to not throw yeah. it off. But I have Shiny written down here. Yeah, you notes. knew it would be yeah. the one I'd pick. I was like, Do you know why it's the one I picked? Is it just because of Jermaine Clement as Tomatoa, the big shiny crab singing? Sort of. But it's a tribute to David Bowie because he died in January that year. And Jermaine Clement does a famous impression of David Bowie where it's spot on. And in Fly of the Concords, yeah. he has some song. Yeah. And so this song was thrown in sort of last minute because it was the same year. And Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote that song with the glam rock kind of inspired song for him to sing. And he's even doing a little David Bowie impression, yes, the song is, that, yes. you know, the, I can't do it, so I'm not going to attempt to. But love David Bowie, and uh, it's fun. It, it's such a bizarre song, too. Yes. It does not flow with the movie, but in a good way. Oh, but see, it, I, I think it does. No, well, it doesn't sound like any of the others. Though. Right, no. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's okay. like all the other ones kind of have a similar flavor to it. And then there's this crab. Shiny! Singing about how he wants to be shiny and uh, wants to... Killed the two main characters. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a dark song, and mm-hmm. it gets a little creepy with the animation with his eyes doing the kaleidoscope thing. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of Cough in the Jungle Book. It does, too. yeah. Uh, it's very Disney-esque. It is. Yeah. But uh, no, it's shiny. That song is head and shoulders above any other song. Lin-Manuel Miranda talked about, like, in the process of writing the song, just, like, he felt kind of... Uh, Daunted by the task because he was comparing it to things like Poor Unfortunate Souls from mm-hmm. Little Mermaid and all those other big, uh, you know, pre- Be Prepared from The Lion King. All the villain songs. There's such a rich history of that. And so when it came to this, kind of like I was talking about with that character of Tamatoa, writing like the reverse message of mm-hmm. Moana in a song, I think that's why I think it flows really well, even though tonally, like you were saying, Daniel, correctly, yeah. that it... it it feels different, definitely on a different wavelength. But yeah, no, I really enjoy when the themes of the movie are turned on its head for for the villainous characters. Yeah, I mean the chorus is catchy, but I like that the verses and bridge aren't very like melodic. Like, Mm-mm. yeah, he can, that's how David Bowie a lot of his music is. Yeah, it's kind of him morant, you know, meandering through the verses and then sings a really catchy chorus. And I I don't know, I like it. I'm a sucker for it. Hey, well, you know what I'm a sucker for. You're welcome. Uh, almost. Oh, you're, the first song. Is it the first song? Your Welcome was almost the one because okay. Dwayne, we talked about uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson singing. He sings You're Welcome. All, really, all this. Just check out the Moana soundtrack. If this was a movie that you haven't seen, definitely check it out or like give the soundtrack another listen if you have seen it because these are absolute bangers through and through. Not a bad song in the bunch. I like We Know the Way. Which is, is a song the... that they play when she discovers the oh, ships yeah. in the cave and the kind of the flashback to the away, ancestral way. That yes. one? Yes. Okay. And it kind of comes back to the whole thematical thing that I'm a sucker for because that's really what the movie is all about, like going forward and being adventurous, but also remembering where you came from. I just love all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's also, I feel like, just the best song 
So like you, like uh, we're both. It, it, not that how far I'll go is bad. It's really good, but I think that this one should have been the one played on the radio. I get why it wasn't, but were they playing how far I'll go in the radio? Oh yeah, all the were time. Were they? They well like. Or was yeah. it like a studio version that they recorded? They it might have been both because yeah, okay. how far I'll go and like similarly to like let it go, they got like the studio version. I forget who they got gotcha. to sing it. It's the one that plays at the end, uh, the end of the credits. Oh yeah. yeah. So oh, okay. yeah, no, gotcha. the, I feel like they did with Frozen. They definitely did. They definitely did with Frozen. Yeah, uh, Dune and Menzel. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Adele Dazim. Adele Dazim. Yes. <laughs> one thing I want to bring up really quick that's not a part of any uh, category. Just something I th- I thought of while watching. Ooh, this. a new category. It's not a new category. It's just me the spur of the moment here. The, the, moment the Kakamora, which are the uh, the warrior coconuts. coconuts. Yeah. Yes. Did you get Mad Max Fury Road vibes from that scene? A little bit. Because when they, like, so these big, like, this big warships, like, housed by these little tiny coconut warriors show up, like, midway through the movie. It's one of my favorite sequences of the movie. Because it's just a little, you know, could be seen as, like, a throwaway action scene. But mm-hmm. these coconuts are going so hard. They have the, they're like bouncing up on this like marching drum as they're like coming out of the fog. You got one swinging from one uh structure to the next. It felt very very Mad Max free road like ending with all these different vehicles and characters flying around who mm-hmm. are just like at these different like outfits and and weapons and whatnot and they're just so aggressive for no reason it's very chaotic and i loved every second of what it. are they called again they're called the kakamora oh so max uh kakatansky yes max kakatansky thank you Daniel. now i'm just reimagining the whole movie with coconuts dude Better movie. man yeah <laughs> Famously, a baker's dozen on the Bakeable Show, now made with coconut. <laughs> Let's talk some potent quotables. These are fun, interesting, meaningful, or weird quotes from the movie that stuck out to us for one reason or another that we wrote down. Uh, one that I like right away uh, from the grandma is, I'm his mother. I don't have to tell him anything. When Moana's like, oh, don't tell him I went in the ocean. She's like, I don't have to tell him anything. I'm his mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Um... I like this line. Okay, first, I'm not a princess. I'm the daughter of a chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress, have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. Just fed into what I was saying earlier. The animal sidekick. Yeah, it's so. Disney being a little tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> They're there. getting a little cheeky with us. She has two, though, Daniel. She has two. Mm. She does have two. Mm-hmm. Not a Disney. Can't be a Disney princess. You're right. This was made by DreamWorks. I do like Maui kind of firing back there. It's like, yeah, it's, we know what's up here, Disney. <laughs> I also like uh, the uh, the crab. After that, he sings the song and they get away. He said, "Yes, yes, this is one of mine too." Yes. <laughs> Did you like the song? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. Did you like my song? Did yeah, you like my song? Yeah, that, I love it. I he, do like. He that went to the too. trouble of performing that whole song for him. <laughs> <laughs> the one he says, I don't know if it's right before, or right after that. He like they. Created, you know, distraction. Moana and Maui get away and are trying to escape. And he runs up what he thinks is the glowing heart of Tafiti. He grabs it. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I see. She's taking a barnacle and she's covered it in bioluminescent algae as a diversion. And he, like, looks right at the camera <laughs> and, like, crushes it. He's like, ah! Yeah. He's like, ah! Foiled again. <laughs> it's very, like, cheesy, like, Batman villainy, like, line, you yeah. know? And so I think that's probably why I like it. Uh, the other one from he just has so many great lines. <laughs> He's the crab, the, the yeah, Tomato the crab. He, yeah, 
picks up Moana and he like snaps at like her necklace and she's like, Oh, that's my grandma. And he's like, Ugh, that's my grandma. And he's like, I ate my grandma. And it took a week because she was absolutely humongous. <laughs> Tomato is wild. Tomato needs his own spinoff movie on Disney Plus. <laughs> Please do. Please do it where he eats his grandmother. Do you remember that uh show on the Disney Channel called, like, the Disney House of Mouse or, like, the yeah. villainous House of Mouse yeah. where they had, like, all the villains, like, yeah. hanging out together or something. She bring that back. It. Now they've got... The, well, yeah, like, updated with the newer Disney villains and stuff. I'd like that. Yeah, I'd watch like a it. little villains pub sort of thing. Really? Blue dart in my butt cheek? <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> butt cheek. <laughs> Someone says anything about a butt and just gets you. Butt cheek and I'm giggling. Another one from Maui that I really liked. I don't. I think it was just the timing of it, and that I didn't expect it. Is he's? I forget exactly what part of the movie they say this, but he like again. It, he looks directly at the camera. He breaks the fourth wall. He grabs Hey Hey the chicken and is like boat snack, and he like jumps out of frame. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> Disney was just like simultaneously building this like very carefully crafted like cultural. And uh, classic story that they had on their hands. And then just having, like, random bursts of just, like, nonsensical fun throughout. And I think that's why, like, this movie, like, holds up so well for <laughs> someone like me that doesn't always watch these types of movies, you know? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> Don't you love IMDb? Sure. I was looking around, and it said Sex and Nudity 5. There's what? five different comments. <laughs> who, who did this? So I looked at them. And <laughs> in the song, You're Welcome, Maui moves his chest muscles in a way that could be seen as suggestive. He could try- be seen as suggestive. He's trying to show off his body and mentions how good looking he believes himself to be. <laughs> That's a five? Well, I mean, there's five different comments about sex and nudity. Oh, in this movie. oh, I thought they like rated it no. like, five out of ten. No. I was like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> That's a five? Maui is shirtless throughout this whole movie. That's one of the comments. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then they um, uh, there's a scene where Maui's urinating into the water. They mention. I mean, <laughs> I. <laughs> Some people just have way too much time on their hands. Can you imagine watching this movie like, hold on, pause it. You got to run over to your computer, type an IMDb. Let me check out what's, this, what's going on in this family film. Okay? I got kids in here. Is he going to be shirtless the whole time? What is this character you're doing? I don't know. Is he Australian? Some like, some, like, parent who probably, like, cusses in front of their children and then tries to, like, you know, oh, yeah, like, let me just filter the movie for him really quick. I feel like you're thinking about somebody in particular. No, I'm not. You're really. not? I don't it's know just so oddly like... specific, this accent. <laughs> ah. Is this your dad? <laughs> no, no, no. No. Dude, no, my, no not at all. <laughs> my parents showed me, like, the Blues Brothers when I was six years old. <laughs> A movie in which all the humor is adult humor. There's no, like, there's no fart jokes in, like, Blues Brothers. Dude, speaking of. This is Blues Brothers? No, the first R-rated movie I ever saw was The First Element. Okay. Bruce Willis, have you ever seen that? My mom pulled me out of the room and was like, hey, you shouldn't be watching that. So I sat in the kitchen and watched it from the other room. My dad kept playing it. Mm-hmm. So she just really took me out of the room, and I still watched the whole movie <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> you can't see it if he's in the other room. <laughs> so I just sat there at the kitchen table watching it. 
true story. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, okay, so Blues Brothers was definitely the the first one for sure. Yeah. The first time I like snuck away to like see an R-rated movie was definitely Terminator Two, which is funny because I never saw huh. Terminator One. Really. And it wasn't like my parents were never like, oh, it's R rated. You can't watch it. But like, it was just kind of one of those known things where it was like every option they presented was always like my taste wasn't R. So I never had like, like as a, you know, as a child yeah. should be, right? I think or should be. I don't know. Whatever. I don't have, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a parent here. I don't know what it's like. My right. point is, I never really sought that out except for one time when I was like, Terminator is supposed to be pretty cool. And I just started watching it. I feel like it was on TV once. And it was at the scene in particular, uh, if you've seen Terminator 2, spoilers for Terminator 2, oh, yeah, uh, where sure. they first meet up, he's protecting John Connor, and he calls back to his family, and he's like, hey, let's go see if your foster parents are all right. And, you know, it's kind of going back and forth between them on the phone. <laughs> I remember this. And then it pans out to, like, the foster parents. And, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, oh, your foster family is dead. And then it <laughs> goes back to them. And, you know, Terminator is morphed into the foster mom. And it pans back. And it's this metallic sword arm mm-hmm. straight through the face of his foster dad. And he's, like, pinned up into the cabinet. I was glued to the screen mm-hmm. after that. I was like... Oh, so, like, this is the next level shit that I've been hearing about my whole life. This <laughs> like, is cinema. Like, this is, like, oh, oh, geez, like, this is, the, like, who, like, who thought of this type of stuff? And so, yeah, from then, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably, I was definitely under 10. After that, I, I was watched Shawshank like with my eight. dad at a oh. very young age. Huh. Not, not a good choice. Oof. Don't, don't show Shawshank to your kids. That's hard to do, even as an adult Oof. in some ways, yeah. Yeah, there's a gang rape scene in that movie, and I'm like, can we say that on the show? <laughs> it's our did. show. <laughs> I'm like worried about some producers. Like, can we say? Can we say that? And my dad was like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like you just got. <laughs> I was like, you got like the one-two punch of your mom. Like, oh yeah, he's out of the room. He won't watch. And then your dad, like, well, you know, gang rape. You know, you gotta, you gotta see it at some point, son. Like, Why do I have to see this at some no. point? <laughs> Yeah. jeez, oh, dude. Fifth Element and Shawshank. But back to Moana. Back to Moana. Definitely not an R-rated movie. <laughs> According yeah. to IMDb, it is. According to IMDb, it, it is just an, uh, vastly just a, a different movie than what it actually is. Uh, yeah, so did you have any other any other potent quotables before we get into our last category here? Um, Parting Shots? I think this is a fantastic movie. I think it works for uh what? Hmm? What did you say? Parting shots. Parting shots. Just last thoughts of the movie oh, before we get. Oh, I into... asked you if you had any more potent quotables, and you were like parting shots. I'm oh, like... I thought you said. I thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, let me, I, no, I I I, say, I got no, distracted no, no, you're, you're because good, you're good. your brother sent us this. <laughs> Honestly, he sent us that, <laughs> and I started to like smile and. It, <laughs> And that's why I smiled because I was like, oh, oh no. Okay, Uh, hold on. Everybody will get everybody will get to see what what my brother (laughs) Danny just sent to us. Um, it's uh, you will get to see it at an episode of It's a movie poster with their faces imposed. Yeah, it's a movie. That's all we're gonna say. (laughs) 
and uh, it really threw me off. This is the worst ever because no one's like this is like so much laughter that no like people are gonna get pissed because like. No, no one's in on this joke except for you, me, and eventually Danny will hear this. You will all be in on the joke soon enough. Like, like I don't know how many weeks later. Ten? I don't know. Soon Nine. enough, yeah. In a few years Anyways, when you're older. Let's, let's no more to... potent quotables. I'll give my parting shots. Yeah. To infinity and beyond is the question we pose about the movie's legacy in five more years after this. Uh, will it still have impact and should it be talked about? This is our final category of the show. So parting shots, as you were saying, Daniel. This is one of those great Disney movies that just appeals to every age group, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I enjoy this quite a bit, and this is a movie I wouldn't mind rewatching every year. It's a good yeah. feel-good movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I never get tired of it. I've probably seen it four or five times by now. Um, uh, this is a Seek It Out for me. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, yeah. What you got? I because it centers around like the tropes and the classic Disney storytelling while keeping it fresh and exploring enough new ideas this like this movie Daniel and like you were saying for all ages it's it's absolutely going to be uh for young girls and and young kids in general like the a new Cinderella or Beauty and the Beast or Little Mermaid for sure because and I say Beauty and the Beast, I feel like Moana reminds me, we mentioned Spunky earlier in the episode, she reminds me of Belle a lot in certain ways where she's very determined, but also in a very unique and uh, more powerful way because she's like entrusted to run this village from very early on and then eventually succeeds in like leading her people somewhere else. So not only Belle, but it's like a mixture of like Belle and Mulan, who are like, if I had to choose something, two other favorite Disney princesses in a way. Mm-hmm. That's why I love Moana. And I hands down agree with you here. that It's going to be a classic for sure. And I, I think that as people revisit this, especially with Disney Plus now, yeah, it's it's slated, especially with the ending and everything. I don't want to talk specifics too much, just in case you haven't seen it. For some reason, like this movie... Uh, I'll make another sports analogy. Just steps up, and I don't know which other one I haven't used. We'll just say it just bowls a strike. You're such a dad. But then it, it's like it's the analogy. final frame, and it bowls like three. It gets a turkey in the final frame, you know, of the game. It gets like thirty points or whatever to, you know, you get my point. Like I've said so many sports references. I feel like already <laughs> in this episode, I'm a dad, as Daniel's yeah. saying. Good job, champ. It's just another. She's fan kind t- of a. Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead. No, she's also kind of like an Ariel, but not bratty. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Because she's That's like it. respectful to her dad. Yes. But she's challenging him, whereas That's Ariel it. is like. Hey, listen to your dad, you little brat. Yeah. The whole movie. That's, uh, yeah. You just made me realize that that's another perfect analogy for why I feel like she works better as a princess than than Princess Pass from Disney. <laughs> Ghost of Princess Pass. Yeah. This is just another fantastic film from the best directors that Disney has to offer. So, like, are you surprised? I, I am surprised that they're still this good because this is, like, to me... Like, it's hard to differentiate, you know, nostalgia from reality, but also, like, recency biased versus reality as well, because this is a fairly recent movie. But I'm calling it now. Like, Moana, I feel like, is up there with Little Mermaid and Aladdin, for sure. At least for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for my kids, too, in the, in the future. My future children. Um, bagels. What are we giving bagels? This is so hard to give, like, this bagels. Is it hard? Yeah. Why? 
Because you want to give it to not a nine, but you don't want to give it a nine. Uh, no, like no. I want to give it a baker's dozen. Can we? I don't know. Is this baker's dozen? I'm fine with like pulling the trigger on it. I, I don't. There is another movie. Yeah, I don't. That wanna... I would rather give a baker's dozen to on this 2016 list. Okay, so I well, want to reserve. We it. can always give more than one. I I like keeping it. To I one. like keeping it to one too, but just so you, like I don't think there's any rules that say we we write the we, like again. We're looking at the producers like uh. I more than I, one? I I yeah. cannot in good faith give this a big. That's stuff. fine as long as it's coming yeah. from the heart, much like Moana's do, Moana does. Yes. Uh, we will not give it the Baker's Dozen, but we'll give I'm it sorry. a pretty am high I, score. Am what, I, like, bumming you out? No, 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 no. I was, like, I was curious. Like, it was more of, I was just presenting the idea of how you mm-hmm. felt. Now I know how you feel. Like, it's fine. Baker's Dozen always have to be a two-way street. I think this is, like, high nines for sure. I feel like this is, like, a, like, nine six probably. There's really not much wrong with it for what it's trying to accomplish. And everything mm-hmm. that it sets out to do, it does it in such a fresh uh an engaging way. Right. So yeah, what fault can you yeah, I know we talked a little bit about the side characters that you find slightly annoying, but like that's such a specific no, that's very too. Yeah, yeah. So what do you give it? Nine five. Okay. Strong nine five. It's very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, if it wasn't for those those pesky animals that pesky just keep animals showing up on the screen. <laughs> Uh, rewatchable scale is just kind of more fluid scale to go along with our, our numerical scores. And so you've got Seek It Out, Watch With Friends, If It's On, What's the Mood, and Stab My Eyes. Daniel, you mentioned this would be possible yearly rewatch. So I, I'm assuming you're giving it oh, a I Seek said It Out. Oh, I Seek It Out. Seek It Out. Okay, yeah, you are, I did. Did. okay yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'd say, like, in the best way possible. Like, absolutely, if you haven't seen it, for sure, Seek It Out. And, and in the best way possible, If It's On, where... If I'm listening to a song or the soundtrack, like I'm probably gonna listen to more than one for sure. And then, like I mentioned, going into like the the how it was made, the behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. seeing the passion behind this project is also thoroughly entertaining for those of you who are interested in that. So definitely seek that out as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel, look at us talking about Disney Princess. Look at us. Time. We love this movie. We do. Um, well, should we uh, tease our next episode? Don't we usually do that? Yeah. Why don't we always act like it's a new idea I had? Like, hey, Wes. <laughs> what about this? What about I say what our next episode's going to be? And then I say if we have a guest or not. Uh, Do you know the answer to both those? Yes. Yes. I know. Like, I'm saying that because maybe I don't know. You oh, don't do know. you not know? No, of course I know. <laughs> of course I know. <laughs> we kidding. Well, everybody. Hey everyone, future editing Wes here again. Just wanted to pop in at the end of this episode to let you all know of a scheduling change that we had. So the next movie we will be covering on the show will be Hacksaw Ridge, the war movie directed by Mel Gibson, starring Andrew Garfield, Hugo Weaving, and Sam Worthington. And so, yeah, that's the update. That'll be next week's episode. That's the end of this episode. And remember, just enjoy the show. Enjoy the show.